0: Hi, welcome to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. I'm Judy. If this is your first time here, welcome. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. So Selling in a Skirt is all about connection, community, and creating relationships. It's also about empowering professional women and encouraging men to be champions for women and of women. What I love most about this is I get to have the best guests, both male and female, and today is no exception. So today I have with me Lindsay Monahan. I'm going to read a little bit about her and then she's going to tell you the rest. So, hi Lindsay. Hi. So Lindsay is the founder and CEO of Women Inspire Wealth, a boutique financial planning firm headquarters right here at Frisco, Texas. With a dedicated focus on championing the financial empowerment of women, Lindsay has tailored her firm to meet the unique financial needs of professional women, women business owners, and blended families. So Lindsay, yes. welcome. We're Thank so you. excited to be here. Thank so you for tell having us me. a little bit about more about you and why you love what you do, because I know you love it.
1: I do absolutely love it. Um, so. I think just a lot of my backstory is that I was raised in an environment where money was not something that was abundant, and so having to learn about money and personal finance really by way of osmosis from the people around me <laughs> created a big a big void in my life that was there that was filled by those people, and just taking the time to learn about personal finance and mm. being able to help myself and other women has kind of been the undertow throughout my entire career.
0: And you do it quite well, I must say but we all know that as entrepreneurs, we seem to be like you know, a cat that has nine lives. We keep changing things and switching things and starting over and we're not really sure what are we gonna be when we grow up. So share a little bit about your journey in business and what led you to where you are that you started over again. Sure. So I really didn't start out down this path
1: of entrepreneurship at all in the first place. Um, I originally started out as an IT professional <laughs> working for a very large insurance company. And it was that experience that really put me on this path of personal financial discovery, honestly. Um, I had a mentor there that told me to read two books, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover Mm -hmm. and Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. And he said, when you read those two books, when you're all done, you'll be able to figure out where on the spectrum you fit about your own personal financial preferences. And that's probably the single best piece of financial advice I've ever gotten. Um, so I took some time to learn about that, um, decided that corporate life was not going to be my long-term play, mm-hmm. chose to leave corporate America and become an entrepreneur, which is like the scariest thing on earth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, through that progression of, it's probably been about a 10, 8 to 10 year journey to get where I am right now, mm-hmm. um, through different pieces and parts of personal finance to get here.
0: But each one led you to another piece of where you are right now. But we also know that you tend to make it look easy, even when you have challenges. You do. I mean, I know for a fact, even though you might be stressed out, you make it look easy. So what were some of the bigger challenges that you had when you were trying to decide how to restart a business or how to get into this piece of the business? And how did you overcome them?
1: Yep. Yeah, so when I, the, probably the most significant thing was when I decided to step out on my own and actually start my own registered investment advisory firm, right? The Boutique financial planning firm. That was the biggest, scariest thing. Thankfully, I had an amazing woman help me realize that that was the right thing for me to do. Um, but that, that was a huge challenge for me and just lack of self-confidence. Is this really what I want to do? This is super scary. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of personal business liability on the line to do this? Do I have the time to do this? I had a very small child at the time.
0: Well, you still have a small child. I still
1: have a small child, but she was very tiny at the time. And so that was really scary. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been a big thing for me and starting over was scary, but at the same time, it was also very refreshing because it gave me this sense of empowerment, like, no, I actually can own this myself and I can own my career and. I get to steer the ship now on where I want my career to go.
0: But you also had options to work for other people, even though not corporate wise, but to work for other people. And even though it sounds, well, okay, so I don't have to do this all by myself. What was that driving factor that said, okay, I can do this myself. I should do this myself. I'm going to do this myself. And, and you did. Yep. So I worked
1: with a couple of different financial planning firms before I started my own. And I think the realization that I had was that I liked how they their business was structured, right? I understood mm-hmm. the process of financial planning and what, what they were trying to do. Didn't always agree with how they were choosing to serve clients or how they were communicating with clients. And so it really just came from a place of, if I'm going to put my name to this and I'm going to help women in the way that I want to, I think I need to do this on my own. And those were that was really the biggest thing for me, just being able to see how others did it and say if I was doing this on my own, here's how I would tweak it, here's how I would make it better, and here's how I would make it feel like two girlfriends talking rather than this stuffy client to financial advisor relationship. Right. And I'm up
0: here and you're down here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I get I totally get that. So I know that there's a lot of women that actually stay in the position that they are. Could be in a corporate position, could be working for somebody Mm -hmm. else, you know, and they don't know, how do I even navigate this? What would you tell them? Yeah, I don't
1: know. I think I would say, the first thing I would say is, you have to have self-confidence, right? So you have to be confident to know that no matter what happens, you've got you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because At the end of the day, all the hardships that you've been through in life or all the tough situations that you've been in, you got through them and you were in control of that. And so as long as you know that you've got you through this process, then you're going to be okay. And I think there's definitely some things that you can do financially Mm -hmm. to set yourself up for success. There's some things you can do with your community to set yourself up for success. You know, my husband thankfully was very on board with me starting my own firm, extremely supportive of that my family has been extremely supportive of it. And then finding like-minded women that also rally around you and wanna support your business, that's also very, very important.
0: So I guess the the concept of it takes a village actually is true. It definitely is true, yes. <laughs> and if you find yourself
1: on an island, that's one of the scariest things as an entrepreneur.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I know in my case, and I, you know, we've just gotten through a couple of years that were Unimaginable to people. Businesses change, people change. The way we washed our hands, everything changed. You know, I mean, he was singing ABCs or Happy Birthday or whatever it was. So, but in my case, I sometimes felt like a slinky, and the reason I say that is because sometimes, as an entrepreneur, I would stretch myself so far, and then I, I'd come back. You know, and I wasn't really sure how to how to even go go forward because I was just stretching myself as far as I could. And then I would come back into place again. But during the pandemic, I found that I stretched myself and I didn't come back. And I had to figure out how to be more resilient because as a, as a slinky, and if you don't know what a slinky is, I mean, it's that, you know, that toy that climbs downstairs by itself. And it's, I mean, it's very cool. And if you don't know what it is, it's probably because you're too young. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But the truth of the matter is during the pandemic, I didn't. I didn't become that slinky. I became just this stretch and I didn't know what to do. And I remember saying to myself, go do what you think you should do. And what I did was I went to bed. I went to bed, I pulled the covers over my head, I cried for 30 minutes, I got up and said, okay, now what, what do I do now? So I know you had to be resilient in lots of different pieces of the puzzle. So when your slinky was pulled to the max, how did you make it so it would come back the way it's supposed to, instead of just getting in bed and staying in bed?
1: Yep. So there was a fair amount of get in bed and stay in bed. (laughs) There always should be. Um, And I think that's an important piece of it too. So let's just pause there and say, for your mental health purposes, right? Like give yourself permission to say, I need a break today and and stop the thing. But as far as moving forward and making sure that, that as you expand, maintaining boundaries and time blocking and all those things become extremely important. So I am thankful that I have someone in my life that, When I thought about how I want to run my business, we spent a lot of time talking about how to set up those boundaries Mm -hmm. and what those boundaries would look like. So time blocking, extremely important. Um, I think the master of that is Judy (laughs) first and foremost. So she helped me a ton with that. And then I also have another business associate or friend of mine that he doesn't take meetings outside of his set business schedule and he protects the time with his family better than anybody I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And so during the pandemic, when everybody's wanting to meet on zoom all hours of the day, early in the morning, late at night, I just had to say, you know what? No, can't do it. These are the hours that I'm going to dedicate to work. And I think that as entrepreneurs, especially during that pandemic time, it was just, how do I keep business flowing, right? right? How do I keep clients coming in, referral partners happening? Like, How do I keep meeting new people? And so you wanted to meet new people all the time. You wanted to be on the online networking groups. You wanted to do all these extra things, but at some point you just have to say, these are the boundaries because I had a small child at home. I have a family that I love. That is the most important thing to me and why I chose, a lot Thank of the you. reason why I'm, I yeah. chose to do
0: this. But I do know for a fact in in the financial services industry, because I was been there, done that, and I remember everybody would say, I'm available (laughs) 24-7. And I would say, no, you're not. No, you're not. Because you can't do that. You have to have the boundaries. 24-7 is ridiculous. Sometimes you have to sleep. Sometimes you have to eat. If you have a family, I mean, you have to be able to be part of that. So I totally agree with that. Boundaries are something that, you know, if you don't have them, you have to start creating them because people will walk all over you. And for no good reason, it's usually the people that are not gonna be your clients anyway. Right,
1: and what I found is my clients really appreciate that too, right? Yeah. So when I when I finally took the time to say as a part of my onboarding process or a part of the, the interview process with clients, right? These are the hours that I work or right. these are the r- rules of engagement, if you will, right? Yeah. These are the, the hours that I'm available, and a lot of them respect that. Yeah, And some yeah. of them have said, I've taken those things
0: and put them into
1: play in my own business. Because so. it
0: makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't know how to do it, and you hear something that sounds good. I have a colleague that she puts her autoresponder on every single day, every day without fail. And when you email her, she'll say, I am with a the client. There's no one more important than my clients. I'll get back to you within the next 24 hours. So nobody expects her to you know do a text real quick. Yeah. or They don't expect that, and she's been doing that for... I don't know, maybe eight or 10 years. No one's ever complained. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> sounds like a good plan for me. <laughs> so as we talk about clients, I know that, you know, I said before that your um, clients are professional women, women-owned businesses and blended families. How did you choose that? Because everybody says everybody's my client, which is not true. (laughs) Again, (laughs) a boundary. (laughs) So not true. Um, So the
1: reason that I chose those are at different points in my life, I have been and am that woman. And so I relate to those women and those women are in my circle naturally. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while to get to that point where I was comfortable saying everybody is not my client. I think all of us, anyone in business kind of goes through those, those cycles of, oh, I'm have this shotgun approach, but when you do finally narrow it down and you start speaking to your person, it, it just naturally happens. So I picked those because I've been that professional woman, right? I had You the, are that professional I, woman. Yes, I am still. <laughs> but I had that corporate America <laughs> job, right? Mm-hmm. And then I left that and now I'm an entrepreneur. And so I can speak to female business owners. Yep. And you know this, we have very unique challenges. Yes, we do. <laughs> in both, both the both corporate world and the yep. entrepreneurial yep. side. And then blended families. I grew up in a blended family. And I have a blended family now. And so I can speak to those unique
0: challenges. And it's funny because when you said blended family the first time I thought, oh my God, I don't know anybody that <laughs> is concentrating on that. Now, of course, now I'm hearing like there's a conference and there's this, but it makes sense to me because so many families are blended families and you want it to be a family. And So how do we protect them financially, you know, as a blended family? So exactly. I love that. I do, I do love that well, thank I think you. it's important. I think it's really important. Okay. So, you know I'm a big survey person, I do lots of surveys, I do, I do lots of surveys because I like to get information, I just do. So no matter who I've asked, no matter how old, no matter what industry, no matter what experience, the number one challenge that women tell me, number one, it's always number one, is work-life balance or harmony or (laughs) integration or whatever you wanna call it. How are you doing this? Because you do have a family, you do have a business, you do have friends, you do have a life, you have yourself. So any tips on what you're doing to incorporate anything into your, other than boundaries?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I would say is you have to understand that there is no such thing as balance. And I think the more we talk about that as women, especially, the more that we talk about that, the more real and authentic you can be in having these conversations, right? So there is no balance Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's more important to say that it's about flexibility and it's about prioritization, right? So, I chose to become an entrepreneur for extreme flexibility. Mm-hmm. I made some shifts along the way because my life changed in ways that I needed more flexibility and yeah. then it comes down to your prioritization so when I was doing this in single, it looked a whole lot different than it does now as a mother of a two year old right yeah, it, it just looks completely different so
0: yeah, I think you have to really know what your priorities are, and you have to you know you have to respect them first as your priorities and the business doesn't always come first, but it doesn't always come second either. That's right. You know, it really depends on what it is you're working on. You might be having like a, a huge conference that you're in charge of and right now that's number one. So you have to be able to say to your family, Okay, here's what's going on. But then there's also things in your family, you know. Right. If Stella's having a, a recital, you wanna be at the recital. Be there. Not so, I want to be there, I'm going to be going there to right? be there. Yeah.
1: and so there's <coughs> I color code my calendar too, Mm -hmm. so everything that's related to my family goes on my calendar in red, and because you can see it. Yes, so I can see it. I'm also I'm also a techie, so like the IT nerd has never really left, right?
0: I I
2: figured that much.
1: (laughs) So everything on my calendar is coordinated. So my home calendar, my work calendar, the extracurricular stuff I do—they're all blended together. And so when I look at my work calendar, I can see in bright red where my kids' things are at. So Mm -hmm. I know right away that Caleb has a game on this night or Stella has this on another night and it just, that's helped me tremendously. Um, I also guard our morning time together, which is very special. It's so very special. So I don't take a meeting before nine o'clock in the morning. It's on my calendar. People know that, right? I also don't do happy hours. I don't do networking events after hours. Now, if I'm doing something after hours, it's because I'm with my girlfriends and that's that's recharge time for yeah, me. It's right? me time.
0: Yeah, you have to. Have, you have to have something. There has to be something that is self care. Right. And then there's there's always exceptions to those rules, yeah. but
1: they filter through that that criteria before I say, okay, I can take that meeting at six or seven o'clock at night. Right. I don't do that often.
0: <laughs> I have to say, you know, when people are doing these meetings at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, I'm like, no. I am in bed I, I am too cranky and tired. I'm. I, I am not. I'm not at my optimum. Uh, well, I know mental you, space. You're up super early in the morning. Yeah. like I had to wait to send you the email this morning because <laughs> I wasn't sure if your computer's on or not. I mean, I know a lot of people, they turn everything off. I do turn everything off at night. Yes. So if you send me anything, I'm not going to see it. But I'm not sure all the time. And I had, I mean, that was ready at 5. <laughs> so I waited till 6.30. <laughs> I'm going to show you the time delay feature on your email. And text it?
1: message. Yes. It says 5 o'clock.
0: No, no, no. Oh,
1: oh, oh. No. Oh, okay. But you can schedule
0: your stuff. Oh, I can schedule. I, well, I know that. Yeah, I just okay. didn't want you to think <laughs> that I actually sent it. Up. No. Uh, okay. No, it never said that. No. Okay. All right. So um, my, one of my favorite topics is the lonely leader. And the lonely leader is really a woman that has gotten to a certain level, mm-hmm. and either she doesn't have anybody to talk to, she doesn't know who she can trust, who doesn't have an agenda, who has an agenda. And so she's really caught in this quagmire of, I mean, I don't, I really want to advance, but how do I get there? And one of the problems that I find is that they either stay where they are because they have no one to talk to, or they take something just because they're getting advanced and they don't have to talk to anybody. So my question to you is how important is it to have a coach or have a mentor or have somebody, doesn't necessarily have to be inside your company, but somebody that's outside that you have that's you know, it's confidential and you get to, to talk about something that they actually are heard you know <laughs> okay i know i'm asking the wrong person so no i, I love to... this question so much
1: <laughs> again this is another thing that i feel like especially as as women we don't talk about it enough right you have to have somebody in your corner yeah right you have to have somebody in your corner and it has to be somebody that above anything else protects your energy and mm-hmm. that energy between your business and you and the energy between you and other people um so i think prioritizing energy is also very, very important. And this plays into this conversation so much. So as a lonely leader, it's really lonely as an entrepreneur. And so I hire coaches very intentionally because I want to grow, but I also want to have a cheerleader that no matter what happens, I can call them up and say, I just had this great meeting, blah, blah, you know, and they're my cheerleader and they're rooting for me all the time because so often you can say to my mom, like my mom's gonna watch this, right? I can say something to my mom about how great things are going in business, but she really has no context as to what's, what's going what's on, right? Yeah. And that's not, that's not a fault of her own no, or anything. No, she's just not in the business. She's just not in the business. Yeah. And so having somebody that's on your side that is there to cheer for you and really knows what it means to you and to your business and to the things going on in your life, that is so important, yeah. so important.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's funny because I never had a coach until I became an entrepreneur. I never had a coach, we didn't know about coaches and nobody offered a coach. And the first time I had a coach, I, I mean, I loved her. I did, I loved her and I disrespected her without knowing I disrespected her until she basically you know, called me out on it, um, and then I realized how important she was to me. Yeah. Mean, she was the one that helped me set up selling in a skirt. She was the one that you know made me think about all the things I needed to do before I could actually launch my company. She was amazing, and when people say to me, "Oh, I would never use a coach," you know, I'm like why? I why you're stunting would you stunting your own
1: growth when totally, you don't. Totally. <laughs> you totally are. So it looks different in corporate America, right? Yeah. So in corporate America. Most organizations have some type of mentorship program yeah. set up or you can have a an unofficial mentor, right? I talked about that earlier. I had a mentor at, you know, twenty four years old, right? Yep. Then and that person influenced my life. I think about the next set of mentors I had in my life. They influenced me in different ways and helped me in very, very different ways. But there's still lessons that I go back and look on today and I'm like I remember. Doing there were some that. golden yep. nuggets about yep. that back then, right? Yeah. But they they helped shape who you are, and then they also push you to levels that you didn't know you're capable of.
0: Because Case in saw, point. <laughs> because they see
1: things in you that you don't even see. That's right. I would have I would have hesitated and spun on the decision to start my own firm if it wasn't for you, truthfully, because you push me. Hopefully you still love me. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's never debatable. <laughs> but yes, it, I just think they, they see things in you that you you wouldn't necessarily see yourself, and they become really big cheerleaders, which yes. is so. And important. We do happy dances. We do, yeah, virtual happy dances yes. sometimes.
0: <laughs> and I, d- I, also know that a lot of my clients who are friends, or friends who are clients, you know, because that that does become one in the it same does. many times. Um, I can tell when they need to talk to me. Either I can feel it. Well, with you, I always feel it. Yes, but but also like, it's the way like a text comes through. Like there's a word in them. Like okay, no, n- we need to get on the phone or. You know, somebody says, like one of my clients, she goes, hi, I'm like, what's wrong? You know, you just, <laughs> Something's going on. You just know it. And I just, I, I can't wait till Wednesday. Can you have time? Yes, I have time. Just let's, you know. And it, to me, it's like the best feeling that, you know, sometimes we don't even know what, right. what it is that we're doing.
1: I can't tell you the number of times that I've looked down and there's a text from Judy and I'm like, of course she knows that
0: I need her right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, we, we are we're on the same wavelength anyway, so. Yes. Okay, so with that said, many times um, women, especially, have this little squatter that comes into our brain. You know, imposter syndrome, and she just sits there and she starts to gnaw at you, and she's saying things that make you think, "No, I can't do this. I'm not. I'm not able to do this." And We all do it. We all have it. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter any of those things, what title you have. It doesn't matter. We all face it at some point and many times more than once. So you know that the imposter syndrome is real. It's not like that. It's very real. So what do you do? And what would you tell other women? Because a lot of women just are sitting going, I don't know what the heck to do. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I always say I'm not even tall enough.
1: So you're really um, 10 feet tall. You don't know that. Okay. So the thing that I would say is those voices come from somewhere. So those are, as much as we want to say, they're not valid, they're valid voices because somebody said something to you in the past, or there's some reason that you believe that, right? Mm-hmm. So acknowledge that it's there. That's the first thing. Right. Acknowledge that it's there, but then there needs to be some kind of trigger in you that says but I'm going to do something about this. Or the reason that that's not true is because I did this. So a couple things that I do, the first thing is I'm so good at taking that negative energy and not making it a chip, but making it a thing that, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this in such a big way that you're going to regret ever saying that to me.
2: Just watch me. It's just my challenge thing, right? accepted. challenge
1: accepted. I will do, take challenges all day long. So turning them into something that is. For me, fun, challenging, but then also there's been days where I pull my covers over my head because the imposter syndrome is so bad, right? And those are the days that you have to keep the little file or like I keep thank you notes across my board in front of my desk, right? Mm-hmm. I have a whiteboard and on the rail are all the thank you cards that I've gotten in the last probably two years, <laughs> but look at those things. and see the positive things that you're doing and hear the compliments again that people have given you and those things are so empowering Totally. so empowering and they'll make that imposter syndrome go right away
0: yeah and i i so agree with you i mean i have a file and i have videos and i just have to and i go okay now yeah. i remember why i'm doing this okay see ya you yes know, and just move her away so what's one of your greatest accomplishments that you've You've, you're especially proud of, you know, something that you've achieved or, or something that you've done recently. Because you've done a lot of things and I know you've done a lot of things and I and I do give you credit because you're like a rock star. You are, not like, you are a rock star. So Thanks. tell me something that that you're really proud of other than family because we're going to move that yes. aside from you.
1: <laughs> so I think I'm just really proud of creating this, I'm going to call it a community of women mm-hmm. because I tell all of my clients, okay, you're going to be my client, right? Like we know that that's happening, but more so than that, you're going to be a part of my family now because I might be driving down the tollway and see something or think of something and I know right away I need to connect this This client with that client or this client with this person that I met. And so you just become a part of that network, right? So that's that's one thing. Um, That's a good one.
0: That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Because you do. You connect people very intentionally. You don't just, oh, there's a woman, and they, yeah, let's just move them together. Cause then you're like, what? Because sometimes people will say to me, so why did they connect us? I'm like, I'm not. I <laughs> guess Because you're two rock any, star women you know, that just, need to yeah, meet No, know just each other. amazing women. That's, that's what I always say. It's just because we're both amazing yeah. because, really, I have no idea either. But um, not from you. No. no this is like the, you know, in general. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that, that's a really big accomplishment, I think, is just being able to recognize when it makes sense for two people to be connected. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And then I think the other thing is just having the confidence to say, I've switched from wanting to be a solo practitioner to, you know, I'm I'm building a firm and I'm going to teach other women how yeah. to do this in a, in a big way, which is different than what the industry says is a big way. Yeah, I want it to be in an impactful way.
0: Yeah, you want to make a difference and yes. you wanna show other women, they too. This is how you can do it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Thanks. I think it's wonderful, I'm so excited to see it grow. <laughs> so what is your, you know, what's the, the most exciting thing for the rest of 2023 and 2024 that is gonna make this impact? What's, what are you doing that you're so super excited about that is gonna create this firm?
1: So there's two things. So one, um, I'm getting ready to launch a, a community. Of like-minded women to help build them up financially and teach them how to do that. Mm. Um, so I'm super excited about that. If I had a launch date, I would share it, but it's not ready yet. <laughs> it's coming. Well, when it is, we will very soon, exactly. Um, and then the other thing is, I'm starting to get out and do the speaking thing more, and I love that. I have missed it for the last two years, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I've been very intentional about getting back into that space and speaking to women about how to use personal finance to change their lives and the lives of their communities.
0: That's great because you can never be too young or too old to understand finances. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's awesome. And there's a lot of women that will support you doing this. So thank you. Yeah. Okay, so where can our listeners connect with you? Because you definitely need to be connected with Lindsay, just saying. Well, thank you.
1: So LinkedIn is probably the, the primary place. So if you find me on LinkedIn, um, it's Lindsay Monaghan One, I believe, on LinkedIn, and then uh, on Facebook. And through Facebook, I have um, a group called Women Inspiring Wealth. That's it's a women-only community, all about personal finance and empowerment.
0: And she does some challenges. Do? She, yeah, she doesn't really <laughs> tell you all. That. But it's very good. It's very good. Yeah.
1: Yes. But all my contact information is definitely on LinkedIn or on the website. So
0: awesome. 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 Well, Lindsay, I wanna thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm, I'm super excited that you were available to be here with me. <laughs> you know, things happen the way they're supposed to. That's right. Yeah. So I'm thrilled and thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you for thank having me. Absolutely. And for everybody else, thank you so much for being on Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman, and we're excited to bring you these special guests, and
2: we'll see you next time. Inspire Wealth LLC DBA Women Inspire Wealth is a registered investment advisor, and the opinions expressed by Women Inspire Wealth on this show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of selling in a skirt with Judy Hoberman. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sell or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives as is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.